Welcome to Evidence Space Mommy. I'm your host, Dr. Samantha Radford, and I'm here to combine science and wellness to help parents and kids thrive. Hey there, and welcome to episode 15. Today on Evidence Space Mommy, we are going to talk about how to help your baby slash toddler with a tantrum. Because what happens is, you know, you have a baby, like a brand new baby, and you feel like they can do no wrong. They're absolutely perfect. They, I wouldn't say they do everything you say because they don't like, they're just kind of like a little lump of happiness. They just sit there, right? You know, and as they get older, they get more interested in the world. Um, And when they're little bitty, like, you know, six or seven months old, they might start trying to grab stuff that they're not supposed to have, like you know, or stick their fingers in a light socket or whatever, but you can pretty much pull them away and hold on to them. And they're so distracted that they like forget that that was what they were interested in and they can just move on. Like you can set boundaries, even that young, you might need to set boundaries, you know, for safety, even that young, but like, it's not that big a deal, but sometime after they turn a year and it just kind of depends on the kid and how strong-willed they are, like this switch flips and all of a sudden, you know, they they can have like very dramatic meltdowns. Um, And this, you know, can be, this is just a normal thing that happens for the first, you know, for those toddler years from say like a little bit after one until sometime when they're three, three or even four. And that doesn't mean that you have a bad kid or that you have, you know, or that, you're parenting badly or whatever. It just means that your child's prefrontal cortex, so like the front part of their brain, is still developing. They have like zero impulse control. They want what they want and they want it right now. And that's hard. And I mean, everything is new for them. You know, you have learned some sort of frustration tolerance in your life, hopefully, because you have had people say no to you and you have had to wait for things. This is like a new thing for your kid. Um, So, of course, it's really hard for them to handle, like, things not going their way. And so, you know, we always hear about the dreaded, like, you're at the grocery store and your child just absolutely melts down in the middle of the grocery store. I've, fortunately, I haven't experienced that too much, maybe a little bit. Um, I see these meltdowns more at home, but, you know, they're a totally normal part of life. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we can't help our children with them. We can help them label those big feelings. We can help them understand what's going on. We can help them know that it's going to get better and it's going to be okay. And maybe most importantly, we can help them know that they are safe and that we are there with them. So I want to talk through kind of a step-by-step process of how to help your young toddler when they have a tantrum. So believe it or not, step one actually has nothing to do with your child. Step one is all about you. And that, and it's all about getting yourself calmed first. Because some of us get really triggered when our toddler has a tantrum. You know, maybe it was like you weren't allowed to express your feelings as a child. Maybe you were taught that getting mad was a bad thing to do or that crying or screaming or whatever was bad. And so now you're really uncomfortable, first of all, with your own feelings of anger and stress and, oh my gosh, what do I do? But you're also uncomfortable with your child's 
big feelings, okay? But the thing about it is, is that your job is to co-regulate with them. So I have an episode coming up in a couple weeks uh, with my friend Jenna again, who's got a background in psychology, and she talks about, you know, we're during those early years, it's a mother-child dyad. And so you are there to help them regulate their brains. Basically, when they don't have that capacity yet, you do. It's a co-regulation thing. But that means you have to get calm first. So if your child is freaking out and you're like, oh God, here we go again. You know, take a moment, like take a moment to yourself, close your eyes Take a nice deep breath in and an exhale out. Do that a couple times till you feel yourself settle. And remember, you know, that their tantrum isn't something personal. You can even do this. I mean, sometimes I do this when I have a kid like clinging to my leg and just falling apart. Sometimes that's what you got to do. And you remind yourself that what's going on right now isn't an emergency. It's like, The house isn't on fire, you know, no one's bleeding probably, and even if it's like a scraped knee or something, like, it's not (laughs) that big a deal, and, you know, like, kids freak out sometimes, and it's okay, so you're just like, this is not an emergency, this is something we can handle, it's going to be okay. There's nothing really wrong in this moment, it's just that your kid is freaking out. So... I know that when you're in the thick of it, if you haven't been used to telling yourself that, that might feel like a lie, but, you know, take some time to really think about that. Like, it's true. If there's, if my kid is crying, like, nothing's really bad. It's just stressful because, you know, there's all these big sounds and, like, I feel like I should be able to fix them or help them, you know, feel better or whatever. But really, it's not an emergency. I can handle this. So that's your first step. The second step is now, you know, actually handling your child. So first thing with that is remember, of course, you know, you're a lot bigger than your child, obviously, um, and you want to get down on their level. So it's hard to get someone to calm down, you know, when you're standing over them, telling them what to do. So get down on the floor with them, kneel down. And you can try to look in their eyes. There's a very good chance that they will be too upset to look in your eyes. But, you know, you can try to get their attention. And the biggest thing here is to empathize without giving in to your child. You know, sometimes your child might just be crying because they're overwhelmed. Other times it might be that they really want something that they can't have. And you can agree with those feelings without like agreeing to giving them what it is they want. Like, oh, buddy, I know you wanted to play with daddy's car keys. They look really neat, don't they? But those are daddy's and they need to stay here. So we're going to leave them here on the counter. Of course, you know, maybe one day I'll actually put car keys somewhere other than just on the kitchen counter. But that's (laughs) another episode for another day. With that said, like, don't let them hit you. Don't let them hurt you. If they if they start doing that, you know, remind them we don't hit. And either say, you know, I'm going to stay over here. Gently hold their hands, you know, away and say like, hey, hitting hurts. We don't hit. And stop them. If they're upset at a sibling and they're trying to hit a sibling, one of my favorite things to tell them is, 
sisters or brothers, you know, sisters aren't for hitting, sisters are for loving. So that way we're not only reinforcing the thing not to do, but we're reinforcing the thing that we do do, you know. And of course, that's really hard to do. Like if you're upset because your child is upset, it's very hard to stay calm and empathize with them. So if you feel like you can't do that, you know, go back to step one, take those couple breaths, do what you need to do to settle yourself down. And just be present with your child. So, you know, they have, like I said, there's like no impulse control because their brain is not developed yet, not because they're a bad kid, not because of, you know, whatever. It's just because like physically their brain has not developed that yet. And sometimes they are so upset and so deep into like screaming and crying and all that kind of stuff that they can't even hear you because they are just in their own little world. So sometimes when they're tiny, tiny, they can be having that tantrum and they might want to sit in your lap while they're doing that. Um, If that's the case, just sit there and be there. You don't have to tell them to be quiet. You don't have to tell them to stop crying you know, let them have their feelings as much as possible. I realize that's a little bit harder, like if you're in the middle of, I don't know, you know, somewhere public, like that's different. Um, But as best you can, you know, let them have those feelings. And then, like I said, sometimes they'll want to sit in your lap for that. Sometimes they won't, you know, they'll be too mad and they'll try to step away or, you know, they won't let you near them. That's fine. Respect that space. I can remember times when my oldest, she's nine now, um, but when she was little, you know, at this stage, that she would have the most epic tantrums. For what it's worth, she's a very calm, level-headed little girl now, so it does get better, I promise. Uh, but she would be so upset, and she would just be like laying in the, in the floor, pitching a fit. And I would sit down beside her, you know, like a little ways by, and I would say, I'm here when you're ready. And eventually she would, you know, she would continue having her fit. And then eventually she would come and she would sit down in my lap and she might still be crying some, but, you know, she would come to me when she was ready. And by the way, no, this isn't rewarding bad behavior. You don't have to worry about that. This is a release of pent up emotions so they don't stay bottled up. Because, I mean, let's think about it. Like, sometimes you're upset too. Like, I, just a few days ago, um, I got a message from somebody that really, really upset me. Because, you know, that's just what happens sometimes. That's life. (laughs) And so, what would have happened if I started crying about that and wanted to talk to my husband about it? And he said, oh, no, no. I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to ignore you until you calm down. Like, that's just, that's crappy, right? Like, that's just not what you do to people, you know? No, instead, he listened to me, like, choke out what I was saying between sobs. He told me it was okay, and he gave me a minute, like, I cried, and then I was better. You know, same thing with your kid. It's just that (laughs) they can't, like, get it together quite as quickly as you can, probably. And I mean, yeah, sure, like, their problems aren't as big as our problems. Like, They get upset because they get the wrong cup or something. But to them, again, they have a lot less experience with life. So that's actually a pretty big deal to them. Now, once you get them calmed down, after that, 
you can, you know, teach them some coping strategies. Actually, what's really great would be to teach these coping strategies while your child's not upset at all so that you have these tools ready whenever there actually is a meltdown. But one of the things I've been doing with my oldest, again, since she was little bitty, and I still use now, you know, I teach it to each of my kids, is I tell them, like, let's take some nice, slow, deep breaths to help you calm down. And I'll say, you know, okay, let's inhale. And let's breathe it out slowly. You know, you might have heard of like doing bunny sniffs with your ba- with your little one for inhales and then like blowing out the birthday candles. You know, there's different ways to teach those breathing techniques, but all these different things you can use. Like I've not like when they're at the top of like losing their mind, but once they're kind of working their way down, you know, I can use like, okay, let's do some nice, slow, deep breaths and that helps them settle. Um when they're at the very top of that tantrum, they can't hear you to do that. But again, you know, you could even, if you can tell, like, before the tantrum gets really, really wound up, you can talk about these breaths, you know, and maybe you can kind of, like, keep it from happening entirely. And again, this is a practice thing. So I, you know, I said that we're aiming this idea at very, very young toddlers, um, <laughs> they're not going to be able to take nice, slow, deep breaths the very first time that you discuss doing that with them. But you present that to them. Of course, like I said, sometimes when they're not even upset so that we're just having practice and like know how to do that. And then you present it to them, you know, during tantrums. And over time, they're going to make that connection and they can start doing that for themselves. You know, one day, like I know that, now, sometimes that oldest daughter will be starting to get upset and she will take some nice, slow, deep breaths. Like she has learned that tool to use for herself. And then, you know, you want to label those feelings for them too, especially when they're tiny. Like, you know, oh, you're really mad that you can't have X, Y, Z, but don't just stay stuck on the mad because, you know, like you may know like being angry is actually kind of a protection against other emotions like fear or sadness or whatever. So instead of just you're mad that you can't have that truck, you know, be like, oh, buddy, you're really scared that your brother's going to keep that truck forever and that you'll never get a turn, aren't you? And you would be surprised like how that can dissolve them from like angry screaming to sad tears because that's the root, you know. So if you can get to more the root thing like sad or scared or whatever that can often really help and again that's a process you know because right now you're labeling those feelings for them and then hopefully within a few years they're able to express that and you know my kids are able to like they'll say that they're frustrated or something and I really appreciate them having that toolkit so yeah you start when they're little Um, if you have any more questions about this, of course, let me know in the comments, leave, you know, any comments that you need, like to kind of help me help you with that. And again, as we are talking about, you know, this transition time, I want to remind you that in just a little bit that breastfeeding beyond babyhood is opening up. So that is our yearly online event this year. It's going on from April 24th through 28th. And it's all about celebrating and supporting you as you breastfeed or chest feed past the first year. So any questions about that, let me know too. You can sign up for the waitlist now 
and I can't wait to see you. Thanks so much.